Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Today, we are sitting down and talking to Tony Lewis. Tony, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I live up in Wisconsin. Okay. I'm about an hour away from Oshkosh, just north of Milwaukee. Oh, nice. So how many times have you been to the Oshkosh show? Uh, my whole life. Excellent. So I, I grew up just at, uh, about 20 minutes south and across from the Fond du Lac airport. So we had a front row seat every night. Oh, that's so awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> been a, life, a lifetime of aviation there. So. so what took you from growing up watching full-size airplanes at Oshkosh, or Oshkosh to I want to fly RC airplanes? Well, the RC actually came first. Oh, okay. um, I kind of grew up in the hobby. My, I have a brother that's quite a few years older than me, and my dad got into the RC hobby with him um, when I was about two years old. So I was just always around it as they came up through and, and you know grew into the hobby. And then once I became old enough, I had an opportunity to, to start flying as well. So I, I soloed at nine. I built my first airplane that, that winter and never looked back. Oh, that's awesome. You've been in it quite a while then because and, uh, I started a lot later than that. I didn't have anybody around me when I was a kid doing it, uh, which is unfortunate, but that's awesome that you were you were surrounded by it ever since you can remember. That's so cool. Yeah. So just a, so I have a sense of like what what the market kind of looked like when you when you soloed at nine. What year was that? If you don't mind me asking. Ninety two. Ninety two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you okay? You were born in eighty three then. Yeah. He was in the he was in the 82. gold label era. Yeah. A couple of years younger <laughs> yes. than me. So you, you remember the gold stickers, right? Yes, I yep. still have one. <laughs> that <laughs> I do. works. I do too. <laughs> yeah. And what we're talking about for anybody that's listening, uh, that might be new in, to it, like back me, in '91, yeah, the the, uh, the FCC mandated that we had to go narrow band on our frequencies, so every transmitter had to have a little gold sticker on the back of it that said it was compliant with that new FCC regulation. So, yeah, I remember those days. Got and it. So does Tony. Yep. Yeah. My, like I said, my dad and my brother started flying around '84, '85, so they would have been wide band then. Yep. And. Uh, yeah, they, they had to send their radios back in and get them yep. updated and stickered and all that. And yeah, oh, yeah. I, I still have a, a couple of the, the original radios from my from my dad, and I still even have a matching receiver and and that, so I have one, one functioning set yet. That's awesome. So do you have an airplane? You ever fly those in just for old time's sake? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something you've thought about want- doing then, if, if you say not yet? Yes, yes, I have. I have a couple plans that way, actually, because um, so we grew up flying Airtronics. That was just what the club that we were part of had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to find a Airtronics SR that looked looks nearly brand new, still in the box, about a year ago. So I picked that up, and I was able to find a two point four module that you can wire into it to convert it to 2.4. Oh, that's awesome. So I, I'm going to have one that is going to be 2.4, and then I still have the original one that's on 72 megahertz, and I'd like to do something with 
with each of them that's period correct. I just right. haven't decided what that is yet. Yeah. Well, luckily, there's, you know, there's lots of options. I mean, there were a lot of airplanes around back then, so. And good airplanes. Good airplanes, yeah. I mean, still yes. nothing wrong with them. Right. So, yeah, that's awesome. I wish I could say I still had my old, my original radio, but I'm sure somewhere along the line it got traded or sold or Well, see, whatever. it's so difficult because it goes from, okay, this is what I want to use to, okay, now this is old and not worth anything to me. Mm. For the longest time, and then after a while, it becomes okay. This is cool because it's so old. Because it's so old. So you right? have to keep it in that little band of this yeah. is garbage to me, and not actually throw it away before you get to the this is old and cool. Yeah, true. I I can't yeah. do that. Yeah, I I I move on too fast from things I don't like. Yeah. Um. Or don't well, need. And it, I just still think. have an airplane from that era as well. Um, a glider that my brother built actually, but. As much as I'd like to restore that and fly it and do plan to do so, I don't want to fly the old equipment in it because I don't want to trust something that's got that much sentimental value to right. 30-year-old equipment. Yeah, it's too much risk. Yeah, yep, you I don't. You don't ever want to fly something you don't want to lose <laughs> right. because that's the one that's going to have a problem that's, and you're yeah, going to lose right. it. Yeah. You can't fall in love with an airplane <laughs> if you're ever going to fly it. No, that's absolutely true. Yeah. So you said you built your first airplane then after you were nine or ten years old. What was that? Yep. It was a top flight Sierra. Trainer. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. That's before my time. I'm not familiar with what that is. It's essentially a top flight's version of the Great Plains PT trainers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good flying airplane. I remember those. Yeah. So did you get a lot of flights on that or what happened to that airplane? Oh yeah. Flew it for three, four years. Um quite heavily before I moved on to other planes and then it sat on the shelf for a number of years until I dug it out and refurbished it and flew it a little bit more. So eventually nice. it did go somewhere in the ground. I don't know. I don't remember the story. <laughs> I did, but, yeah. That's the ending to most of these airplanes, unfortunately. Yeah. You um, know, when you're 12, 13, 14 years old and you, you have the ability to fly and lack the maturity um a lot of planes can disappear and you don't remember how <laughs> yeah they they do and they can <laughs> so do you uh tony there do you belong to a club yes i do and um, how long have, have you been a member of that club well i moved to this area at the end of 2018 so i've been a member of that club for the last three years now okay awesome um, what's what's the name of it the Sheboygan Area RC, Sheboygan Area Radio Control Society, or the Sharks. Aha, Sharks. Okay. Aha, they had to get that in there. Yeah, huh? cool. Because <laughs> yeah. there's usually there's usually always a, a a cool acronym, you know. Yeah. Unlike ours, ours are just SVF. It's not really a cool acronym, like Shark Sharks. SVRCF. No, what? It? Sangamon Valley RC Flyers. Yeah. Yeah, it's boring. Right. We should rename it. We should. We should to we totally do that. <laughs> well, my former club is the FAA. They were oh. the Fond du Lac Aero Modelers. <laughs> really? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's actually really good. That's better than <laughs> yeah. That's better than ours. Also, so that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, the club that you're uh, a member of, do they have a pretty good a pretty good um, membership? Like, do they have an active membership or 
like numbers? Um, they do. They do. We've, I think we're in the mid thirties for membership. And I would say 70 to 80% active. Oh, oh wow. That's very that's, high. Yeah. That's really yeah. High. It, we don't, we don't have, I, I think right before I came to the club, they ended up having some membership that aged out. Um, so the membership is actually fairly young compared to, you know, a lot of the other clubs that I've been a part of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's and, good to see. And that certainly helps. Yeah. Yeah. Our club um, is an we also club. have a rock crawling track and an off-road track and a dirt oval at our facility. So wow. we've got, yeah, it, that's all new as of two years ago, but that's brought in some, some other guys as well. Hmm. Yeah. I can imagine that would bring yeah. in some new faces and stuff. So how many like of the members actually are there just to fly then? Just fly. Yeah. I would say probably about 20 to 25. We oh, only have, I, I would good. say we've got five or six that do both. We've only got maybe four that are car only. Okay. Does uh, does your club own the field or do they lease it? Or is there some other arrangement for the field? I believe we own it. Oh, okay. That's good because it gives you a certain, as a club, it gives you a certain amount of freedom to, to build RC tracks or, you know, helicopter yeah. pads or, or whatever. That's cool. If we, I don't know the details entirely, but if we do not own it, we have some sort of very long-term agreement because we have paved runways that are in and we have permanent buildings up. Oh, oh man. wow. See. You know, that's not that far away, Ron. We're going to go up there and visit. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know. What are you from Springfield? Are you like four hours or so then? Well, if he's north of Milwaukee. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah, four, four and a half. I was adding an, 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 an... We always said ready. we could be through Chicago but in three hours from where we're at when we travel. Oh, we're three hours from Chicago here. So, yeah. huh? Okay. Yeah, when I used to, when I used to, way back in the day, when I used to race up at Trackside in Milwaukee, it was it was right at four hours and twenty minutes or so that's to okay. Trackside. Yeah. So then, you know, that's in that's in Milwaukee. So yeah, we're about forty five minutes north. North. Okay. Okay. So five hours. So five that's hours. Still, yeah. That's a day oh, that's, drive. Yeah, that's a day drive. <laughs> day trip. So you said you, uh, since you belong to a field and stuff and you used to fly with your, your family, do you have a group of guys you fly with now or, or how does that work? No. Um, we have a group that kind of gathers and flies at the club, but they do so during the day when I have to work. Yeah. I don't like um, that. That's... They're retired and yeah. unfortunately I'm quite a ways away from that. <laughs> yeah. Me, me too. too. <laughs> so I, I haven't really fallen into a group here yet. Um, yeah. When I started flying, we had a very, very active club. And there was a group of 10 to 15 of us that religiously flew every Wednesday night. Um, and even if the weather was bad, we would still congregate at the field, talk shop, and go grab a burger. Yeah, that's nice. It's nice to have yeah. a group of guys like that. Yeah. Hopefully you'll hopefully you'll find a you know a, a group or you know even if it's not a big group like our I, I would say our group is what five maybe yeah I would six, say five of five us. to six of us um, well because usually if Dave comes 
Uh, he brings, you know, Daniel. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, five or six. Sure. But it took us a long time, really, to sort of develop that group. And it just so happens we're all kind of about the same age, roughly. Well, Reggie's a lot older than me. <laughs> well, <laughs> but what I'm saying is none of us can afford to take, you know, a day off from work because we're all still working. So it time-wise, it just works out to, you know, the we all have kind of similar schedules. But yeah. our club, same thing. We we have a group of guys that, that go out. You know, during you know in the mornings when it's nice, all the retired every morning, guys, yeah, and yeah. they're all yeah, and they're all you know older retired guys, and um, so yeah, I think you you probably find that sort of thing at at most clubs, yeah. Um, but hopefully you can, because yeah. it is it is I think it is fun to share it with other people. Like I don't, it depends I don't, what I'm doing. I, well, I don't particularly care for going out to the field completely by myself unless I'm doing something that I don't want anybody to see, like you know, maidening an airplane or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I, I much prefer to go out there and and fly, you know, with other you know my friends and yeah, because there's you know there's always the tomfoolery that goes along with that, you know, the ribbing each <laughs> other and making fun of each other and you know whatever. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you're able to find that that sort of a uh, dynamic there in your club. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. In time, maybe yeah. maybe we'll get some other people starting to fly up there and, and all that too. You just you never know. I mean, that's I think with the way things have been the last couple of years, like the amount of people that actually fly and do stuff, like at fields, has gone down. Yeah. I think there's probably a lot more uh, hobby work that goes on inside of of houses and stuff, but actually going out and flying yeah. with a group of people, I just think. Oh, for sure, yeah. COVID, like we've noticed, yeah. COVID our field even. put the put the you know kibosh on a lot of that stuff, doing stuff with other people, and so yeah, our our membership I don't think went down any, but the the participation certainly did. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times where we go out there and it's just us, and it used to be there'd always be you know maybe three or four other people out there depending on the time we go, but doesn't seem to be that way anymore. Yeah, which is okay in my yeah. opinion for well, that one actually. Yeah. We, we've had an interesting dynamic in this area, too. Um, and again, this goes back to my hometown and, and my one of my former clubs. The Fond du Lac Club, when they relocated back in right at either at the end of the 90s or early 2000s, they built just this amazing facility. And there's a lot of guys, especially guys that flew giant scale, that decided I'd rather drive the extra half hour, 40 minutes and go there than to go to my home field because the field there is just beautiful. Hmm. Um, that club is well over a hundred members at this point. Hmm. Wow. And membership stretches throughout the whole area of the state. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, immaculate facility and they host a, a big event there every year too they they have a, a giant scale warbird classics event there that's hmm. very well attended oh that's awesome yeah so are you are you members of more than or are you a member of more than one club not currently but okay. in the past i was yeah yeah so that's that's kind of a kind of a neat thing like if you have enough clubs locally that you can you can join more than one i mean it gets to be it can be kind of expensive but it's nice because you know you're not seeing the same folks maybe every time or you know maybe one club has an advantage over another like maybe you know the runway runway yeah one club or better than the other but you like flying at your other club because it's closer to home or whatever 
here we we kind of just have one, <laughs> one club, one runway. Yeah, you know we don't get to it's choose not that on it's, the. Yeah, it's not bus. that it's bad or anything like that, but sometimes it would be nice to have an option. Or another, like I said, another runway that goes the perpendicular other. to the wind as opposed to, yeah. well, no, I guess I said that wrong. Right. Parallel. Parallel to the wind as sure. opposed to per- or perpendicular that we deal with all the time. I know what you were trying to say. I, yeah. That was a mouthful, but you got it. Well, my dad worked out of town. So the company he worked for had a lot of active pilots. And we became, and this is where I learned to fly, we became a member of the club local to them. Hmm. But then we also were members of the hometown club in Fond du Lac because, you know, going out on the weekend or, or wanting to run out for a quick flight, we didn't want to have to drive all the way down to the other club was in Beaver Dam, you know, only a 40 minute drive. But if you can drive five minutes and fly, why would you want to drive 40 minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 An extra hour of wasted time. Right. Exactly. That's understandable. Mm-hmm. So of all of your flights in your past, all, all, your, all the years you've flown, any uh, any good crash stories? It's <laughs> 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 a loaded question, I know. Everybody's yeah. like, I don't want to admit to any of them. We hate to relive them, but boy, do we love to hear about them. <laughs> I was going to say, there, there's been some good ones. Um, more than I can remember, even. But <laughs> the one that I'm... The one that seems to come up quite a bit with people that I used to fly with is I managed to fly into a barn. Into Into a a barn. barn. Okay. I hit a barn. (laughs) Okay. So the whole story of this is it was the maiden flight of a quarter-scale spacewalker. Oh, a big airplane. And we had been fighting, this is back in the FM days, Mm -hmm. we had been fighting uh, an interference issue. Every time we'd start the engine we would have all this interference through the airplane. Couldn't figure out why. Gas or nitro? Nitro. Okay. Nitro, two cycle, no onboard glow, no nothing. So I mean, we just, we couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't even remember what we found was the solution. But in doing so, we were swapping servos, we were swapping, swapping receivers, we were swapping batteries and disconnecting and reconnecting everything you know, a dozen times, finally got it working, took off, leveled off, started trimming, and I went to pull the throttle back, and the throttle stuck it wide open. Oh, no. Okay. Like, well, this is a problem. So I (laughs) yelled back to my dad, who was, you know, videotaping at the time, which, (laughs) yes, I do have this all on videotape. (laughs) Oh, no. It's on a VHS somewhere. Um, I said, hey, I, I throttle stuck wide open. He's like, well, climb up to altitude. We'll have to run it out of fuel. Mm-hmm. So I pulled back on the elevator. Airplane kept flying straight and level. Oh, dear. So, uh, uh-oh. So you lost everything. I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't have elevator either. So for five minutes through this thing, Every time we'd turn, it would start to descend. We'd level the wings, and it would come back up to altitude. Huh. Five so, minutes we fought this thing, trying to figure out what to do with it. And in one of the turns, the engine sagged. So I quick leveled off the wings, thinking it's going to go down in a farm field. 
and I don't know, it couldn't have been more than 15, 20 feet off the ground. The engine picked back up and it flew back behind the pits and our pits were kind of up on a hill. I managed to fly down the driveway between two barns and somebody yelled, look out <laughs> the barns or look out for the building. So I turned and managed to turn directly into the side of the barn. <laughs> <laughs> so you had what rudder and ailerons, but no elevator or throttle. Correct. Oh boy. Yeah. That's hard to fly. That's yeah. Well, it's yeah. definitely hard so, to maintain altitude. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it punched a, a, 10 inch by 10 inch hole in the side of the, the so more like a pole building. Wow. So it actually went through. It actually went through. <laughs> oh dear. The airframe laid outside the, the barn all, you know, just destroyed, completely destroyed. Mangled. <laughs> the engine battery pack firewall assembly went through the barn all the way across the building and rolled underneath their brand new combine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Holy smokes. That's some force. There was, there was a crew of four guys working in the barn on the opposite side of the driveway. I bet that was uh, <laughs> shocking. So, yeah. What's Had I this? turned the other way, I would have hit the barn. They were all in. Wow. They got a good laugh out of it. <laughs> and we got to uh, own a piece of sheet metal on a barn. <laughs> <laughs> That should be hanging up somewhere. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, the piece that you replaced with the hole in it, yeah, that's got to be hanging up in somebody's wall somewhere. I actually think I have a picture up in my shop somewhere. Of, <laughs> there was a chunk of airplane stuck in the, the side of the, the barn for <laughs> a good couple of weeks before the wind finally blew it down. That's awesome. I can honestly say I've never... Uh, heard of anyone flying through a, through a wall. Mm -mm. That's uh, that's a first. That's, Yeah. Usually they just yeah, stop and quarter, bounce off. Yeah, never scale space underestimate runner. the power of a Super Tiger 75. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and they're, they're kind of heavy anyway, Super Tiger 75. So, yeah, that's a lot of inertia. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd say it's awesome. I mean, well, it's still a crash after But from all, a long time ago, so it's okay. It's a pretty like, awesome crash. It's okay to relive the memories as long as we've learned from them, right? Is that how we... <laughs> I guess so. What we try to say? I guess so. Any other ones? Uh Tony? That that club we celebrated crashes. So <laughs> See, there you go. made when it hit that building. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. See, if we did that, Reggie would be king. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, Reggie's crashes are crashes, but they're really not spectacular. They're usually because he's done something. You know, say it. Stupid. He, he forgets to do something, and uh, you know, and something, it, and it's usually foam, right? So it's 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 not really. That's true, I guess. If we're going by numbers, numbers, yes, yeah. for sure, he but, wins. Yeah. So any any other ones, Tony? You got any other stories? Um, off the top of my head, something about maybe a telemaster. I'm reading, <laughs> I'm reading our notes here. Ah, uh, yes. The, the famed Telemaster car pickup. Telemaster Telemaster car pickup. Okay, yes. I've got to I've got to hear this one. <laughs> okay, so my friend and I had this bright idea that 
just like they do at an air show where they swing down and land on top of a car with like a cub or something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we could probably do something similar, except hook the car and take it airborne. Yeah, because a telemaster could do that for sure. No, no problem at all. Certainly has the capacity. Right. So, and that was why we chose the telemaster, which, for the record, was my dad's plane. <laughs> <laughs> Makes uh, it all that much better. Yeah, this gets better. So yeah, he had a, a senior telemaster with, I think it had a, a Sato ninety one on it at that point, and the car of choice, because it was the only one we had to choose from, was a one eighth scale four wheel drive nitro buggy. Oh jeez. <laughs> which is a big car. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is a heavy car. Kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of power. Yep. So yeah, we we fashioned about a two foot long metal hook that hung underneath the landing gear of the telemaster, and we put a big hoop of wire on the RC car, and we set out to do this. Once again, this exists on a VHS somewhere in my collection. But uh, we managed to swing down and pick up the car, we and get it airborne, and immediately fly it out of range of the the car radio (laughs) which meant the servos started going crazy including the throttle kept revving and stopping Uh uh-huh and those four large wheels spinning and stopping spinning and stopping oh yeah started a pendulum effect (laughs) underneath the airplane (laughs) i can picture this in my head it's funny yeah it didn't take long that a swinging A-scale buggy underneath the senior telemaster started to affect the uh, flight path <laughs> and eventually managed to swing up and hook the tail. Oh, geez. oh I didn't see that coming. And drag the whole assembly into the soybean field tail first. Oh, wow. <laughs> With the telemaster at full throttle trying to fly out of it. Trying to, yeah, yeah. get away from it. Oh man. So how bad was the damage? Um the car was fine. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Actually it wasn't too bad. Um the telemaster comes to a pretty small cross section back by the tail. Mm-hmm. It broke the fuselage at that point and broke the tail off. Um and I th- it did some damage to the covering, you know, poked a couple holes in the wing, cracked a couple pieces, but for the most part, the only major damage was that it knocked the tail off. Oh, that's not bad at all, then. Yeah. Really? No. Well, it went down no. tail first, so that's not so and bad. And in yes. soybeans. Yeah. So it was a nice <clears throat> yeah, something yes. to land on. Airplanes don't normally crash tail first, so that's that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about some airplanes. You have uh, yeah. quite a few in your hangar. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, let's move on to what's your number. So yeah. what's your number? My current number would be 31. 31. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And he's got pictures uh, that he sent to us that I've been I've been drooling over certain uh, certain airframes. I love that Tiger Cat, by the way. I know it's foam, but it's still beautiful. So you want to read the you want to read the list, Tom? Or? Oh, sure. Yeah, I can read the list. You're good at that. Uh, let me take my glasses off so I can <laughs> so I can see this. I know it's it's an old person thing. All right, so. Tony, I'm going to get started here with, uh, <clears throat> I just want to say that 
Tony's list that he sent us is color-coded. And I just wanted to say that. I love that because my list also I keep color-coded. So kudos uh, for that. So we'll start with the finished ones, uh, which are 12. Uh, we have an Aerotech Phoenix. Um, I'm not familiar with what that is, Tony. Can you tell me what that is? The Aerotech Phoenix is a it's a rocket-propelled glider. What? Yeah, yeah I was wondering because is, of the word Aerotech. They, they're the ones that make the motors, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. So this is a plane from, um, it was actually owned by one of the guys that taught me to fly. Um, and he flew it for a number of years. And when he got out of the hobby, he passed it on to me, which I was very excited about until I looked at the price of those motors. Yeah. So I cut the nose apart and converted it to a electric. Nice. So that I have, it, it's kind of like having a warm liner. But I, I did leave the, the rocket mount intact. So if I ever wanted to, I can always just put a, yeah. some sort of motor in there, either for effect or actually try to launch it. Yeah, that'd be cool. And I've, I've never actually seen one of those. Stand and everything. Yeah, I've never actually seen one fly, but uh, I always thought they looked cool. I think I know exactly what you're talking about now. Uh, Aerotech made yeah, a few got, different. We had three in the club back. Okay. Cool. All right. So next we have a Crossfire. Who makes that? That is my own design. Oh, okay. Uh, looks like that one's uh, set up electric. Three cell 2200. Yep. And then you um, have a, what's the wingspan on that one? 30, 32. Cool. Is that like a high wing? Nope. I don't see um, it. It is a, it's a low wing sport kind of pattern. Oh, is that, the, is that the blue or, or pink and white one? Blue, orange, and white? Yes. Okay. There it is. Bottom left. Yep. That's a good looking so, airplane. In the last year, year and a half, I've kind of started to play around with some of the flight test ideas, the flight test planes and the Dollar Tree foam board. Okay. Um, as I've gotten a little more curious about what you can do with foam and yeah. realized that there's a whole side of this hobby that I wasn't really familiar with. Um, there's a company over on that, that that's called the Hangar RC that did a design contest. And this was my entry for that. Cool. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's, it's built of Dollar Tree foam board, and it's I did printed skins on it, which turned out relatively okay. How'd you do in the uh, in the competition? Don't know yet. Still ongoing. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. I didn't know that. So voting voting is still going on right now, but yeah. It's inspired heavily by some of the classic pattern airplanes I like. I was like. just getting ready to say so, that. It, it looks very yeah, pattern to me. Uh, King Cobra, a lot of King Cobra in it. Yep. Um, Chaos played into that. The Blue Angel, MKA Blue Angel. And that, that's, in fact, the color scheme is kind of stolen from that. Yeah. Okay. It does look familiar. Cool. And you designed that. That's awesome. All right, moving on. Uh, a Diana 54. Okay, what's that? That is a 54-inch version of a free flight 
glider from the 50s. So the Diana was a towline, free flight towline glider made by Frog, which was an England English manufacturer. Okay. And I scaled it up to 54 inches and and made a, an RC, two channel RC version, electric, well, three channel, yes, throttle. Is that the purple and white one? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Good looking airplane also. Yes, it is. You do nice work, Tony. Thank you. All right. Next, we have an E-Flight Blade MCPX. Uh, we have an E-Flight Commander MPD. Is that the one that just came out? I think so. Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> so Explain. the one that just came out is a re-release or a new version. Oh, so I didn't realize it originally, that. Yeah, it originally came out a couple say 2016 2017 and i've got the older version oh okay yeah I, I was gonna say i didn't think the new one had actually been released yet so i was confused when i saw the the pictures and i saw that i was like wait a minute <laughs> original one's red the new one's blue yeah, yeah i noticed that too so that's yeah. probably the only thing they changed and just re-releasing it that way you have to yeah. buy all new things yeah. for it if something happens to the it's old a good one. that, that was though. my and that one was one of the first airplanes i splurged on as far as for a foam airplane, I've, I've never been a fan of buying some of these more expensive foam ready to fly planes. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I I was in a place where I knew I wasn't going to have a lot of building time for a little while, and I wanted something quick and easy I could throw in my car to go fly. Mm -hmm. I thought this fit the bill. And, and it's I, a good looking airplane. I really like the style of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really, I really dig the way it looks, and I like the blue version too, the new one. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Uh, next, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, an FMS Tiger Cat, which that thing is really sexy. Even though it's a foam airplane, I love that thing. Uh, great plane shoestring. We have a Livewire 80, which is a that's a the Livewire. That's like an old Robin Hood-ish type plane. I think that's uh, the one that looks like it's in in the bones here in your picture with the yellow wing. Nope. That's the live, live wire? Way? No, because you're reading off the finished list. Oh, okay. <laughs> True. Well, I mean, that could have been clear covering. Oh, there you go. Well, I guess possible. <laughs> He's oh, got one in oh. here with clear covering on it. So okay. you just hush over there. <laughs> All right, so the live wire, which one is that? The live wire is a haldable design from the 50s as well. Um, in my pictures, it's the one that's blue and cream with a black lightning bolt. And that's another one where... Um, I took the original design, I scaled it up to 80 inches, and that's a good looking redesigned airplane. some of it to be built a little lighter and, and yeah. so forth. It looks like it flies nice. It's actually my go-to airplane. As basic as it seems, it, it is very mildly aerobatic, but it seems to be one of the planes I have the most fun flying. I think I think everybody has that one airplane, right? I know mine is a is a stick. We always, you know, that's one of our questions. So usually, but uh, cool. Uh, the Sig, and I'm gonna pronounce this the way I pronounce it. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but a Demazel. That's the way I pronounce it. Good. So, what do you think of that one? Like, I <laughs> I would like to have one of those someday. How do yeah. they fly? Very slow. That's what I like. I mean, that just 
that it, looks like it would be a very it, relaxing airplane to just go out of an evening and fly. Yeah. It made a very good indoor flyer. Oh, okay. Really? Even at that size? Yeah. Well, we had a fairly good sized gym to fly in. Okay. Um, no, and, and it took all of it. But yeah, it, it, it flew very well indoors. It's very light and it's got that under cambered airfoil. Mm-hmm. It, it will handle wind very well. Mm-hmm. I like the um, color combination. What'd you cover that with? I don't know. I didn't. It, it almost looks like, I mean, I know, I know it's not, but it almost looks like tissue. It's it really feels beautiful. like tissue. It, it, to me, it feels like, um, I don't know if you guys ever used cover light. No, I can't I say that I have, huh? Cover, cover right for a short time was selling a synthetic heat shrinkable tissue that was called cover light. Ah, okay. And that's what that feels like. Yeah. Um, but reading the manual for the airplane, it came with some kind of covering. So I think it might oh. have actually come come with the kit. But that's it a good does looking airplane. look like tissue. I like that. I like, I like that color combo. So, it, All right. It's it's not one you can fly a lot, and that's why it actually is currently hanging in my office at work. <laughs> that's cool that you can uh, that you can hang airplanes at your office is awesome. I have an airplane, well, half of an airplane at my work. It's an old tail off the edge of yours that I crashed a long time ago. Yeah, I remember that one. All right. Next, we have a tiny twister, and then a a well, willy nilly speedster, right? Is that what that is? Yep. That okay. one, as they hosted a design contest where you had to use one of their wing kits. And the the Speedster was my design for that contest. Awesome. Cool. Is that the green and white one? Yep, with yeah. the gull wing. Yeah, that is really a sharp airplane. I think that would be awesome, scaled up to about... 65 inches or so with like a old KMB 60 on it. That'd be, that'd be a sweet combo. Well, I think there is uh, an old design called the Pacific Ace Speedster or Pacific Ace Sportster that has the gull wing mm-hmm. like that. And it spans about 70, 72. Perfect. And I saw one in Toledo years ago and it's has stayed with me. Um, I've, I've wanted to do one for a while now, so I, I pulled a lot of inspiration from that when I designed this. It looks really sharp. I, I really like that one. Um, okay. Unfortunately, it looks a whole lot better than it flies. Oh, I hate to hear that. Because <laughs> it looks, yeah, you know, little, when the picture looks like it flies. It's a little squirrely, and I don't know if it's a servo issue because I'm using the equipment out of a, a E-Flight UMX. So it's got those little linear servos. Yep. And those can be a little bit finicky. Yeah. But it it just seems to have kind of some quirky tendencies when you. Well, that's unfortunate. Control levels. All right, and then last one on the finish list, you have a Hangar Nine Cessna One Eighty Two. That's a good flying airplane. Uh, yes. That one's gas. It's got a 20cc mm-hmm. RCGF on it. Okay. Uh, looks that like you... one I refinished after it is painted in the colors of the Cessna that my father and my sister got their pilot's license. Oh, really? 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Is that a brown or is that so, black? It is orange and brown. Orange and brown, yeah. That's really, really sharp, actually. That, was a, that was a swap meet find that I the guy had kind of cracked up the, the belly of it and it needed a little work. And I had been wanting to build a model of that airplane for a while and yeah. I think I picked it up for I mean, 100 bucks with the servos and everything in it. That's a good deal. That picture, if you didn't know that that was a model, you would that picture, you would think that that's, know a, that, it was, yeah. that that's a real airplane or a full-size airplane. Yeah, that's a really, that's really my sharp. wife and her photography skills. Okay. Yeah. Well, she's really, really good at it. You can let her yeah, know I that, said that. That's that was that's her expertise. That's what she went to college for. <laughs> oh, okay. I have that's a sweet. lot of really good airplane pictures thanks yeah. to her. And that. Well, that's awesome. So you have you've brought up a couple words that have 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 hit me. You said Toledo, and then you also said uh, swap meets. Do you do swap meets often, or or how does that like where what's around you swap meet wise? There is a big one down in the Milwaukee area every January. Um, and that one's probably one of the best ones in our area. Unfortunately, it always falls right around New Year's. It's like that first Saturday of the year. So I'm not always available to go down to it. That might um, be one worth a, a drive from here. Mm-hmm. I've been to that one. Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, and I they would get vendors and things like Radical RC usually showed up and I can't remember the other one, but, you know, or, good, or Batteries America, I think, was usually there. Oh, okay. So that one was pretty good. We had a, I lived further north for about 10 years, and there were a couple up in that area, not quite as big. If they're, if I can make it, I try to make them. They're kind of, you know, they're fun to go to and walk around. I yeah. don't really like going to them if I'm going with the purpose of selling things. Oh, that's because you don't I, sell I things. Hate, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate sitting at a table and bartering back and forth with someone that's, you know, when you're, especially when you're trying to sell something that you built. And, yeah. And they're often or offering you pennies on the dollar. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. So back to the list. Back to the list. Sorry, okay. didn't mean to take us off topic. Looks like you have four under construction. You have a cadet junior that you're turning into a night flyer, I presume. Yeah, it's that's a, a foam build. Somebody on the FT forums uh, drew up some patterns for a foam board cadet junior. Just happen to have a roll of LEDs around from a previous project, and I thought, hey, this would be fun. Yeah, there you go. All right, so next we have a Proctor Antic parasol. I was admiring the wheels on that one because I have a pair of those wheels, and so does Ron, and he's going to put his on an Elder, right? No, that's going to go on the top, yeah. The top. And I didn't I, know you had a pair of those. Hmm? I have a pair for my Elder biplane when I build it someday. Now that you say that, I knew you had a pair of those. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a SIG Mr. Mulligan, uh, that's a really fun airplane. And then, uh, okay, so I, you're going to have to help me with this one. A Spahn's Wonder? Yeah. So Dan Spahn's hole, or Spahn holes, he does all the CAD work and design work for flight test. And he's got a couple designs that he's put out himself. 
um, and he's local to me. Hmm. He is doing a, with Bruce Tharp's permission, he is doing a foam board version of the Sick Wonder. And I was able to build, this is actually the second one I did for him as a prototype or a test build from his designs. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. All right, so that's four under construction. And then you have, which, the, the this is the bigger part of his list, and the, <clears throat> usually the big part of most of ours that have been in the hobby uh, for a long time, the not started list. Yes. So I'll, I'll quickly go through this one. Uh, a quarter scale Aranka, a Balsa uh, USA Spad, uh, Bridie Trainer, uh, D'Amico Livewire Kitten, D'Amico Sonic Cruiser, a Pfizer Storch. That'd be like a good those, one. Yeah. I do. Uh, Flyline uh, Megao Coupe, Hangar 9 Toledo Special, uh, Joy Products, oh, another Aranka, okay. Uh, Park Scale Models Mini Drake, a Royal Mach Mini. Oh, that's a good flying airplane. I used to have one of those. Uh, Scientific Commodore, if it's what I think it was anyway. Uh, Sig Customer, a TOC Acromaster, and a Top Flight Antares. Cool. Um, so going back to the... Oh... The the Mach Mini is that is that the one that was used to be a half A powered? Yes. Ah, okay. Yeah, that that is a great flying. Even with a with a Cox TD, I think I had an O fifty one on mine with a throttle. <laughs> if you remember way back when, um, but yeah, what an awesome flying airplane that was, and fast. At least mine was. Oh, that's my hope. Yeah, I have a a line RC. Outrunner out of one of the T-Rex helicopters. That's a really high KB mm. that yeah. I'm I'm hoping to put in there. And a lot of uh, I've seen some videos in that of guys that are using these in, in some of the hotliners, and they're they're well over 100 miles an hour with it. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. And I noticed that uh, it it says it's a Balsa Workbench short kit. Uh, Rob does great work, by the way. <laughs> yeah. My, and uh, actually, there we. In my previous club, there was a group of us that we decided to go out and build a bunch of these half A models. So we bought a bunch from him, and this was one of the designs that he actually didn't have at the time. So I did the CAD work and sent it over to him. The, cool. The cut. Yeah. I was uh, I was fortunate enough to get to build his prototype uh, Cloud Dancer Ten uh, kit for him, which was uh, which was really really enjoyable. I like working with Rob. Went together pretty quick for you. Yeah, it really did, <laughs> actually. You were fast. Yeah, he does. Um, he does great work, um, and honest as a day is long. That guy. He'll tell you yeah, just just the way really it is, which I appreciate. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, right, so that's the list. Yeah. Um, so you said you grew up with obviously balsa airplanes because that that was uh, what was around back then. What? Do you prefer at this point? Like, I'm looking at your list, and there's a, a mix of both balsa and foam, mm -hmm. and like Dollar Tree foam board stuff. Um, what, what's your what's your preference at this point to build with? I'm still far more comfortable building with balsa than anything else. Yeah. Um, if I if I had to decide to build a certain airplane and, and do it quick in in expedite build or whatever that would be my go-to yeah I, can, I think i understand that. i've done a lot of research on foam and i think there's a lot of merit to what you can do with foam and 
right now with balsa the balsa prices and supply being what it is yeah. there's some advantages to being yeah. able to build with foam but at the same time i really don't like all these all foam airplanes yeah they look great out of the box but they get dinged up and dented so easy mm -hmm. and then they they just look ragged yeah yeah, so, yeah i'm shaking my head in total agreement <laughs> yeah yeah i feel the same I, way. I think there's a lot of merit to foam and and this is nothing new i mean back in the 60s and 70s you know 90 percent of the pattern planes had foam core wings and foam core tails and things like that and even a lot of the aerobats still do yeah um i think there's a lot of merit in building with both materials yeah you can save a lot of weight and you can save a lot of time by building with some of the components with foam but i think the outside finish needs to be something sturdier to make it less likely to have hanger rash and yeah have some longevity to the, to the finished airplane yeah yep. I yeah agree. i agree with that completely like like you said the old uh built up foam uh like cores and stuff for wings they hold up really well. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're strong. They're light. Yeah, it's it's a good building technique because you get the best of both worlds. Right. You know, so yeah, I absolutely agree with well, that. And one of the big tipping points for me, I started following some builds online, and I, I guess I was first made aware of this because years ago I built the Curtis Helldiver from Jerry Bates Plans. Mm -hmm. Probably one of my favorite airplanes ever both model and full scale. Okay. And uh, so I, I'm always kind of keeping Helldiver stuff on the radar because it's not a very common airplane. So, you know, I like to see what other guys are doing when they build them. And on the RC Scale Builder forum, somebody popped in and said, I'm building this Helldiver from the Jerry Bates plans, same size as mine. And he was worried about the weight of his finished airplane. And I looked through his build and I saw that he was building it all out of foam instead of doing it out of balsa. Huh. And he's fretting over it. He was worried it might hit 30 pounds. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, mine weighed 42. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> mine weighed 42 and it flew on a G62. And I mean, I flew, I had 80 flights on it when I sold it. It was a great airplane. Yeah. So I, I messaged him and I said, hey, look, you, you don't need to worry. He said, you can hit 30 pounds if the plane's still going to fly just fine. Yeah. But I followed the rest of his build and I was intrigued at how he was able to build this big airplane out of foam. He still did a fiberglass skin on the outside, like you same as you would do with a, a wood build. Right. Looked beautiful. Weighed 26 pounds ready to fly. Oh, man. I'm like, well, I mean, he's almost 20 pounds lighter than mine. Same exact plans. Yeah. And fully functional, you know, on, on both models, Bombay, Dybrick's, a little bit. Yeah. So then I started following some of his other builds, and, and what he was able to do with foam was incredible. Um, he did a lot of giant warbirds, 80 to 100-inch warbirds, and they were all mid-20s. I think there were even some that didn't even hit 20 pounds. Were they, were they electric or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, 
and that's the caveat to that. You right. can't. I don't think the foam, especially built that light, handle having an ignition in. Right. Um, well, not to mention electric. And, not to mention the fact that foam and gasoline don't get along. They looked as good as a balsa build, and that was the biggest thing. They didn't look like a foam. Right. Yeah. Well, if you fiberglass them and, and paint them, I mean, they they look as good or better than you know a wood built airplane for sure. So, with, which right. which actually you know the discussion brings me to my next question for you is, I mean, I see a lot of electric airplanes on your list. Do you do you prefer electric? At this point, yes. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. I, Ron I washed that. literally washed my hands of nitro. Yeah. About 10 years ago, um, I went electric on anything that would have been nitro-sized. Yeah. Um, to me, once you got up to about a 20cc-sized airplane, then it was worth it to go gas. Right. Um, with that said, I'm starting to go electric even now at that size. I still wouldn't go much bigger and try to go electric. Like, I, I have no interest in doing a 12-cell, you know, Two, you know, playing with two battery packs or even more, and, yeah, and that whole gamut. Um, but I do like the the TOC Acromaster that's on my list. That's a seventy some inch wingspan pattern. It's a nineteen seventy eight design pattern plane, mm-hmm. and that would be. It was designed around a Weber ninety, and I'm planning to um, put electric in that, but. Six cell single battery pack, so still, you know, a, a, not a high voltage setup. Yeah, I am fighting buying anything bigger than a four cell. Like anything over four cell, I just want to jump up and go with a gas engine. So we'll see how that goes. I've got a couple of them that I think I'm going to be getting rid of soon because I don't <laughs> want to spend, uh, or I don't want new batteries. Like I don't want to have to go buy six cell batteries just for a couple airplanes. So just do it. Just do it. He said. So that's I was kind of at the same point. Every, um I had I had not had an electric that was bigger than maybe 30, 40 inch wingspan park flyer size when I decided to do my first nitro conversion. That nitro conversion was on a Great Plains Trainer 60, the Joe Pretty design with the full symmetrical airfoil. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I went to a five-cell setup, and that plane on that setup flew so well that I I was hooked on electric for that size. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I just I don't I, know. Like I get it. I fully understand. Like well, that's a road once you go down. I mean, then it's if I buy the batteries, I don't have to get rid of the airplanes. Right. So I guess I have to make a decision on. Exactly. Is it worth giving up a couple airplanes so I don't have to buy batteries for them? Or should I just bite the bullet and not trade them in and get a new airplane? Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. So Once you have your first set of six-cell packs, the amount of planes that it opens up to fly at that size. Yeah, I mean, I understand. <laughs> I get it. Like, I, <laughs> you are making complete sense to me. I'm just... <laughs> you're, you're fighting going up to six cells the way I'm fighting going electric, period. 
That's, well, and I understand that. Yeah. Like, it's perfect for you with nitro. You don't mind nitro. No, it That's what I'm trying to skip the small airplanes to big airplanes, just, just like Tony did, by getting rid of nitro completely. Right. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I guess my mind's not completely made up yet. We'll, yeah. we'll have to talk about that. Well, I mean, even the planes that I fly, you know, nitro, are these days easily and fairly economically converted to electric but i'm i mean oh, I, yeah 40 I would, size is... i would have to start completely from nothing i mean i i have those two batteries for that jet and that's really everything else yeah. is the 2200 you know the park flyer type stuff so uh, three cells yeah so you know i'm i'm fighting it the way you're fighting i'm just fighting going electric period <laughs> and you're just fighting going from one step to the next. There's no reason for you to fight electric because you're not trying to get away from something else. Like you already have plenty uh, of nitro engines. You ha you don't mind the the tuning and all that kind of stuff. Right. So there's nothing that says, hey, I need to get away from this. Whereas with me, I don't want to deal with ah, all see. the the nitro and the cost and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's easier for me just to stick with electric. Does right. that make sense? No, it does. Okay. But I think I think and that was the big thing that pushed me to go electric too. I, I liked nitro. I never had a problem with the engines. Yes, they're finicky, but you know, especially if you run four cycles, you know, they they were a lot less trouble, and they sounded nice. Mm -hmm. That smell still yeah. takes me back to all those memories growing up. Mm -hmm. but, but I can buy <laughs> two batteries for the <laughs> yes. price of three gallons of gas and yeah. at the time between the way work and everything else was for me i wasn't able to fly enough to burn up you know a, you know maybe more than a gallon and a half a year so you're throwing out a half gallon every winter and you know that's 15 bucks down the drain if you don't use that up because at 30 at the time it was maybe 30 dollars a gallon it just Electric, the convenience of electric was so much better mm -hmm. than nitro. For yeah. Me. No, I, I totally get it. I really do. But for me, I mean, <clears throat> maybe one other reason I'm, I don't want to say I'm fighting it. I'm not really fighting it, but it's, it's another, you know, okay, so I have all this nitro and I have, you know, a couple of these gas airplanes. Well, now throw some electrics and batteries into the mix. Now I'm maintaining batteries on top of maintaining the nitro engines on top of, you know what I mean? It's just yeah, more. For, for you, it makes sense to yeah, stick with nitro. Right. So anyway, it's not that I'm fighting it. I just. You don't need to even consider it. Right. I mean, the way you're, exactly. you're going at it. So yeah. that makes complete sense. But like I said, for Tony and I, no nitro. I'm cool <laughs> with that because I still get the, and the I don't smells. Think it, I don't think any less of you. Well, and you shouldn't actually. I mean, <laughs> but like I said, I still get the smells. I still get the. Yeah. I get to watch you be frustrated with them and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> it's like I'm still living it even without owning them. So that's that's one thing well, I like. And full disclosure: as much as I had gotten away from nitro, I once again own one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I acquired you a, a half dozen airplanes at the end of last year, and one of them was that quarter scale quarter scale Aranka that's got a. Gemini 160 on the nose, and the full scale has that exposed twin cylinder engine on it. The the OS is a, a perfect scale copy. 
model has functional scale exhaust and it those engines just sound so nice mm-hmm. yeah i can't fathom pulling that off <laughs> and putting anything else in there yeah well and that's that's why we're doing the the nitro on the the tri-motor just because of the sound yeah like I, and, and on that airplane too there's a lot of sentimental value to that it came from the estate of a, a good friend after he had passed away yeah, I, yeah. I feel very honored to be able to I get continue that. that legacy and keep that airplane airborne in its memory it's yeah. not an airplane i'm going to run out and fly every weekend right no i totally so, get that i have one of those too <laughs> yep that so. completely makes sense so well tony this has been fun is there anything else you want to talk about before we get off here not that I can think of. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on as a guest. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, um, Tony. Until next Good time, course. I am Ron. I'm Tom. And you? And I am Tony. <laughs> Goodbye. All right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.